So today I am so excited to have my book coach, my author coach, and my book editor, Jennifer Locke with me. And Jen and I have had such fun with outlining my book, and she's been coaching me through the book writing process. So I am delighted to have her here on the Playful Mompreneur podcast because she is a fellow mompreneur, and she's had such great insights as I've been writing the book. And I was like, we've got to have Jen on the podcast. (laughs) So let me tell you all a little bit about Jen. Uh, So Jennifer Locke is a ghostwriter and author coach who helps entrepreneurs and thought leaders up-level their brands with a book. Jennifer has been writing fiction since 2011, and she brings this fiction writer's approach to her work with her clients. Jennifer has ghostwritten business books that have been published by both business presses and Big Five publishers. Whether writing fiction or nonfiction, Jennifer lives for stories. Bringing stories to life, whether her own or her clients, is Jennifer's favorite work. Jennifer is also a mom to twin five-year-old girls with another little girl on the way. Do you want to find joy in being both a parent and a business owner? Then come and play with us here at the Playful Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Tonkin-Smith, and I'm on a mission to help moms to start and grow their own businesses in a way that's as simple and as fun as child's play. Join me as I talk about things like playful productivity, tools and tech, and building a special kind of business. A business that supports your desire to be a fully present parent and to have the time and space to truly connect with your kids. You'll also hear from other mompreneurs and some dadpreneurs who are rocking this double gig of parenting and business ownership, with some of them even throwing homeschooling into the mix. Get the inside track on both their struggles and what's working for them, and then Use that as inspiration for building your playful business. You ready? Let's play. So Jen, welcome to the Playful Mompreneur podcast. Thanks, Shelly. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So cool to have you here. Tell us about your business as it stands at the moment. And a little bit later, we'll get into your business journey and how you got here. But what are you doing at the moment in your business? Yeah. So what I do now is I help people write a book and I primarily do that through one of two ways. And the first is um, coaching them through the process of writing the book themselves. And in order to do that, we we have a pretty intensive session at the beginning where we um, brainstorm and we get all of the ideas and all of the thoughts down about the book and, you know, figuring out what a book is, is also figuring out what a book is not. Um, so most people have multiple ideas for a book and they, and they write one book and they find out that they have all of these other ones. Oh, um, I'm putting my hand up right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally normal part of the process, but yeah, help them get clear on what the book is so that the author can feel really focused and have an outline that's really going to support them in the writing of the book. And that's part of what we do during those intensive sessions in the beginning is really work to generate the outline. And then we continue to build that together over the next few 
weeks. And then um, the author is off to the races with me providing ongoing support and feedback weekly as they as I get the book written. And then also coaching on the various publishing pathways that the author can take, um, you know, and that involves me connecting them with some people in my network who can who can really help them get that finished goal of the book. So start to finish, you know, it could be a period of as quick as eight months or so that the author goes from idea all the way to finished published book. That would be a a fast timeline. Usually it's a little bit longer of a timeline, even if you're going to self-publish. But that's the first way that I primarily support authors is um, for coaching as they write the book themselves. And I also work as a ghostwriter. For people who, you know, they have the content, they have the ideas, they have the expertise, they've been in their field for a while, but they don't have the time to sit down and write a book. And yet they really want that um, kind of expert level status that book offers and it kind of catapults them to the next level. So they know that they want that. They just know that they don't have the time to do it themselves, uh, nor nor necessarily the desire to, to sit down and craft and learn the craft of book writing. Um, so that's where I come in and I, I help them shape the book and I uh, write the book for them. And, you know, at the end of it, they get a book that they're, they're super happy about and they're really proud about and they uh, can, I can showcase who they are, their brand, their expertise, and open a lot of doors for them. So that's how I work with clients. So cool. It's been such a interesting insight for me in my business to see that book as an asset, that this book can inform my marketing, inform my expert status, inform just the way I show up in the world, also the number of people I can impact. I think a book is something that is just, yeah, it's just got legacy to it. So I think that's a really exciting business that you've built here for yourself with your two little twin girls in tow. Uh, because tell us first about your family and and the childcare setup that you have at the moment with your five-year-olds. And bearing in mind, they are twins, so it's like double trouble, I'm sure. <laughs> tell us about that. And maybe we do have listeners who also have twins or multiples. Tell us about your childcare situation at the moment and Maybe what you plan on doing when number three comes along. <laughs> yeah. So I say like our, our childcare situation, it's been the same for about a couple years. For This is the second year in a row that it's been this way. Actually, that's not entirely true. It was a little bit different this year. But all that to say that it's always in flux. I've never mm-hmm. had full-time childcare. I suppose that's something that I could have had if I'd like really wanted to and, and hustled and wrangled to make it work. Um, but you know, when I like dropped out of the regular workforce, um, it took me a while to kind of find my legs and we can get into that a little bit later, but it took me a while to find my legs and to find something that was going to support me and to figure out what my next move was going to be and whatnot. So we've kind of built on each year and added another layer to our childcare mixture. So right now they are in pre-K and they go two days a week, um, 9.30 to 2.30. And I also have a childcare swap with a friend and neighbor that I do. So I watch her 
child for three hours a week and she watches my daughters for three hours a week. So it adds up to about um, 12 hours of childcare per week. So that's what it looks like currently. And in the fall, it's going to change. Um, They'll be in kindergarten full time. Okay. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what it'll look like. I'll be home with a baby. Um, you know, I'm not sure what it'll look like, but I feel a lot more confident this time that I'm going to be able to, you know, figure something out that is supports me and my business and my life. And, uh, yeah, that I'll be able to make it happen. That's so cool. I, I love the growing maturity as a mom, you know, like it, I think it is testament to moms out there. It does, it does get easier to an extent. And I, I think also we, <laughs> we adapt our expectations accordingly. Um, and I also like how creative you got with your neighbor of like, we're all in this together as moms, really as parents. And to do a child care swap is, is brilliant. It's so great. Like you can just yeah. contribute to someone else and give them the time and then she can give you the time. And something that people out there can consider that kind of creativity in finding right. some time for yourself mm-hmm. and for your business. Yeah. Long before I'd ever ha- had kids, I'd heard of people who were doing that. And I thought like, that's really cool. <laughs> And I'd like journaled about it and like, how I would like something like that to happen, you know? So now we're doing it and it's in our second year of doing that. And, you know, we're, we're good friends and it's like been such a blessing to both of our families. So you can, you never know where you're going to find like these, (laughs) these great ideas to um, get, get childcare or what solutions might be like right under your nose, especially for mompreneurs who might be right in the beginning stages and, you know, really at the beginning of trying to figure that out. Um, mm. Yeah, they, there might be solutions that are like right underfoot that you're not aware of. And I also love that you journaled about it before you even had kids, like that it was something that, <laughs> and, and here again, I think another encouragement to those, because in my definition of mompreneurs is not just the people who have kids, the moms who have kids right now, but that that's part of your future plan for life, that you want to be a mompreneur. And so by all means, there we go. Like journal about it, like to start designing that life that you want with your kiddos, um, your kiddos of the future, you start yeah. thinking about it and start planning around it. I think it just opens you up to these creative ideas that, that emerge. Um, now talking of creative ideas, I know you had a really cool creative idea around about when your twins were well I suppose were they sort of like nine months like walking tell us about how you arrived at this very cool idea for getting some child care in a very creative way well this is another one that was not original to me I think I read it in a blog comment or you know someplace online and I just snatched it I'm like yes that's a great idea um, so I joined, I always say that the first investment that I made in my business was a membership at the YMCA. And that is where I did my business. In the beginning, I would go um, and work out about half the time. And the other half of the time I would do work and they have on-site childcare at our YMCA, which is like the, it's a gym. Yeah. <laughs> if people are in, not in the, not in the States and don't know what that is. Thank you. Um, thank you. Then, Cause right now everyone's doing the dance. Like, and we're like, what are we talking about here? Do you go to yeah. dance class or something? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, right. That's where they got the dance. Where the dance. <laughs> um, 
Um, so that's, that's what I did. So I would go, um, you know, once several times a week, sometimes like every day. And, um, (laughs) my kids hated it at first. They would cry and cry and cry. And the YMCA workers would come and get me and they'd be like, I'm I'm sorry, but you need to, you need to come get your babies. But I just kept going. I'm like, they're going to get used to it. (laughs) They're going to eventually like it. And lo and behold, they did. And, you know, it's become a really important part of our family's life for the last five years. They also do like date nights, free date nights for um, the parents. Um, So, you know, there's all sorts of perks that come along with it, but that's a great way to wrangle some extra childcare. And also, you know, you get to work out and that's really important for your mental sanity as a mompreneur also. So dual benefits there. Wonderful. Wonderful. I think that's so cool. So let's get into that business journey because I know your business journey and your motherhood journey are quite attached to one another. So can you tell us about your business journey and how you came to be a ghostwriter and an author coach? Sure. Yeah, I had been exploring. I want to say I've been like dipping my toe in the world of online business for quite a while, even before I had kids. Um, I didn't know much about it, but I saw people doing it and, you know, they seem to have like these great (laughs) incomes. And like, so I would try to be like, how can I work from home? What can I do from home? What can I do? Because I knew having kids was going to be a part of our future. And I didn't see the careers I was in before I was an entrepreneur were not There were wonderful, meaningful careers in education and in nonprofits. But if anybody has worked in any of those fields, you know that they don't pay very well. So, you know, I'm like, how can we, how can I somehow find a solution that's going to um, pay me well and honor me for my expertise and and whatnot, or, or just that I can really grow into something that's going to support a family and it's going to be conducive to family life. So I'm not, you know, working and spending all my money on childcare, basically. So I'd kind of begun to explore and and poke around the world of online business. And then, you know, when I had my daughters, it was, it was, I I had to take a minute when by a minute, I mean, like a year and a half (laughs) before, before I, cause I, I, you know, it 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 was dramatic for me. I was like planning to go back to work on a Monday and it was a Friday and I tried to wrangle some childcare solutions. And I, I called them and I said, like, I'm so sorry, but I'm just, I'm not going to be able to come back. And I felt terrible doing that. I felt so guilty and so horrible, but also like huge relief, you know, because I, I didn't Mm. want to, I didn't see how it was going to work. And I really didn't know what came next. And to anyone who has, one child or, or multiples. Um, if you have multiples, like I was in a vulnerable situation at that time of life and that we had moved somewhat recently and I didn't know a whole lot of people around me. Um, so it was a very like vulnerable time and a lot of just very intensive childcare and getting my moorings and lots of nursing, you know, for, for Mm -hmm. a period. Um, but then once they started to sleep more and I got more like confident with the sleep schedule, uh, um, then I started, I started doing freelance writing, like, okay, I can write what, well, what can I do from home? 
Um, so I took a course on freelance writing and I just started pitching myself to all of these random places and did a lot of random stuff in the very beginning, SEO for, you know, law offices and just lots lots of random stuff that I did in the beginning. Um, I eventually connected with someone who wanted ghost written, like thought leadership articles. And we had a good connection. That person really seemed to appreciate what I was doing and what I was bringing to the table. And that person eventually asked if I would write a business book for them. And so I I took a leap and I said, yes, I had written fiction for a while before then I'd written several books. So I knew I could write a book and I wasn't like totally put off by the process of it. And so I did. And so I said yes to that. And I wrote it. I wrote it kind of quickly. It was like a period of a few months, but that book ended up being traditionally published. And I saw like, okay, this is my highest value skill that I can leverage and work with other people. So that's, that's how the business was born. I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't (laughs) think that was, that wasn't in my like lexicon of words of of things that I was going to grow up to be, but I just found that I really loved it. Like you have a, you know, that relationship that you have with someone when you're ghostwriting for them or coaching them through the process and the relationships that you can form doing it. I've always kind of done things my own way or done things a little bit differently anyway. So I found that in that sense, entrepreneurship was a good fit. So that's, that's where it started and how we got from there to here. Yeah. And so you said that you didn't see yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, did you see yourself as an author? Like what, what was your sort of dream career path? For sure. For an author. That's what yeah. I said I wanted to be like since I was seven, you know. Since I was seven. Yeah. Cool. Wow. <laughs> That's what I've always kind of been in, been like the big goal. So, yeah. you know, and saying no to other things, I was kind of like, I didn't necessarily know what I was saying yes to, but I was essentially turning toward the thing that gave me the most excitement and, and brought me the most joy, even if I didn't know what that was eventually going to look like. So I always wanted to be an author. The word entrepreneur, you know, until recently, like meant nothing to me. (laughs) It didn't, it it wasn't like the path I saw myself going on. But um, now I've kind of merged that. And even authors who are, you know, just writing under their names, like they're really entrepreneurs too. Um, So I've, I've kind of, melded the two of them and and they're they're married together and there is no separating them and you know in the beginning I wanted to separate them more but the further I go down this road the more that they're joined at the hip and I think that is okay (laughs) I'm okay with that I think it's amazing I think it's so cool I I think I'm taking this this uh, the opposite journey to you and that I started in entrepreneurship and I'm like oh I could be an author and like I never thought I would be an author although as you know I'm like I've I've published school textbooks but I, I like I didn't think I could be an author. So I think I'm having the reverse experience of you in all of this. <laughs> and I remember you telling me as well of like, you didn't necessarily, when you started freelancing, um, you mentioned that in your, your business journey, you didn't think what you were doing was a business, but then you realized later, oh, this actually is a business. I'm giving value. People are paying me money. So it's a business. Um, so I think for you, like, entrepreneurship like snuck up on you in that way yeah definitely 
see. I, I come from different worlds. Like I came from the education world. Shelly, we share that as, as two former teachers. And I also came from the nonprofit world. So it was really like stepping into a different mindset, stepping into the mindset of entrepreneur and business owner of having goals and going out to create like the the future that you want essentially and coming from a more empowered place of of being a business owner um and so you know if you'd asked me in college if i was interested in business i'd have been like ugh business <laughs> no way like i want to wear a suit like that doesn't yep. sound like it'd be fun to me you know so I just adopting that like okay well i'm providing a service and people are paying me money and i would like to create better systems on how to do that. And I would like to make more money and like, oh, okay, that's business for you. I guess there I'm in go. business. Um, yeah, so it definitely snuck up on me. And when I heard people simplify it in that way and say, if you are providing a service and if people are paying you money, then guess what? You're in business. Um, that allowed me to be, to realize, okay, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Let's like make the most of it here. Yeah, and like total, totally own it and like step up to it, which right. I, I really believe you have so done. You're such a shining example of that. And again, so much encouragement for those moms out there who don't even realize they've started a business, like that they actually have gotten into the first stages or might even be a little bit away into being business owners. And maybe all that remains is just setting it up formally and doing some some of the kind of legal and financial stuff, which is actually probably easier than you think. That's like, that's not the hard part. You've probably done the hard part right. already. So you mm -hmm. are a business owner. You are even a CEO. So just to encourage you, um, as you have, have had that on your journey, Jen. So your zone of genius, I think it's an easy one. I want to, I want to know what is your zone of genius? Yeah, my zone of genius is definitely writing, um, you know, go figure. That's what I could do for <laughs> a long time every day and, and feel excited about, feel like encouraged and renewed. I also think I'm able to pick out like the big things in other people's stories and see the big things that they're trying to say and arrange them in such a way that they sound even better than they like the best possible versions of themselves on the page so that they really are showcasing their, their genius. That's kind of two answers, but I, if I love I'm going to say one, let's, let's go with writing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the big picture one. And then yeah. in your writing, you're bringing out the genius of others. I've personally really appreciated um, your your big picture and I think also you have a little bit of distance from my business and then you have the writing skill set to then put the two together and uh, yeah just give me that clarity I, I think that's that's really cool and so cool and I'm noticing this as a common theme with all the mompreneurs I'm interviewing is when you can design your business around your zone of genius things flow things are easier it's more fun so Tell us a little bit about your typical week, realizing that this stuff is in flux all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, my typical week kind of depends on whether or not I have like a big ghostwriting project going on. If I'm doing a big ghostwriting project, then I need to dedicate at least two working days to really getting those chapters done and getting that word count done. I also have days, the time that I reserve for coaching calls for author coaching clients and editing that I do for them as well. 
So, you know, I'll do those in like an hour time block here or an hour time block there. I do a lot of my like social media and marketing on the weekends. Like it's not cool to say that you work on the weekends, but <laughs> I can work on the weekends a lot of, a lot of time. Um, and it, you know, it's not, it's not perfect. It can be messy in terms of establishing sustainable structures and figuring out when to get things in and we get better at it as we go, you know, like you have a period where it's like, okay, something has to change. I need to like call in the troops and, and building yeah. more support for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's natural and it, it can be messy. It can be like not perfectly um, everything fit into its rightful place. Yeah. Um, and I would describe that, you know, that's true for me now, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, continue forward and, and knowing that I'm okay. Like what are my needs? How can I build a more sustainable structure around it? But that's typically what it looks like. Client work, the big picture is client work during the week and, Uh um, you know, social media, marketing, strategic thinking on the weekends. That's so cool. And I I found now, especially with um, writing the book, is I've ended up doing, um, because my my sort of work does actually Thursday and Friday, and often my business kind of takes over. And so then on the weekends, I've been doing book writing. And it is when my husband's a bit more available to help me with the kids. And so then you can do that. So, but I think also while we need to balance our self-care and not overwork ourselves, we now have a very different design as moms in terms of our week. So it's great. You've got to take the support when you can get it. Right. Because I do very little work on Thursday and Friday. So Uh, when I say working on the weekend, it's not like I'm busting my tail seven days a week, you know, it's um, it's not like that at all. Mm. Um, Yeah. I'm being flexible. Who is it? Laura Vanderkam has a book and it's like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's like taking a look at the work week, not necessarily the work week, but the week as a whole, Mm. you know, like seven days. Yes. We think we have to be like dinner with our family every night is the standard or the ideal in quotation marks. But if that doesn't work for your family, you know, there's also breakfast. (laughs) Basically, it's like all these creative ways that you can visualize your whole week as seven days Mm -hmm. and take stock of the time that you do have and when is like natural for you in this season of life to do the things that are meaningful for you. And I think for mompreneurs who have irregular childcare or not constant childcare, that's just what it's going to be, you know? So if we can kind of give up the idea of the more like shoulds or supposed to choose, we can give up the more freedom and playfulness and grace for ourselves we can find. Oh yeah, that's so true. And I love how you mentioned the word season. These things are seasonal. Like as our kids grow up, there's so many different seasons that we go through and just as, as every season has its pros and cons and we've got to go through these different seasons, same thing with our life as mompreneurs and nothing's going to stay the same forever, which is a brilliant thing. So nothing's going to stay bad forever. And the most successful mompreneurs or anyone in life, I think are those that are resilient and that can, can move with those challenges and be creative with solutions so you, you're working essentially that like three days a week and then you're working on your business like on the weekends. 
Uh, so you need to be quite productive in your roughly 13 hours that we that you're working in a week. So can you share a productivity tip that is working quite well for you at the moment? Sure. Well, I call it my timer method before somebody was told me, hey, that's actually the Pomodoro technique. <laughs> I said, oh, really? I didn't know that's what I was doing. But I, I swear by it. It's, I say over and over again, it's like the only way I get anything done. It's the only way I get any book written. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll dedicate a time block to a goal that I want to accomplish, like editing work for a client, for instance, and I'll just set my timer for that period. And then I'll turn on my Spotify playlist to something that doesn't have words and just focus intensely for that period on the task that I have at hand. So yeah, that's, it's like so simple. I hesitate to even say that, but I'm just blocking out all distractions and you know, that works really well. Also if I'm writing a book or um, time finding a time block to where I have a certain word count that I want to meet. This is a tip that I give to authors a lot of the time. So something that I'll do is you journal the things that I want to accomplish. So I've thought about it before that time where I'm processing it on the page. And then, so it's like, you think about it and then you set the timer and you do it and you retain your focus for that intense period of time and just utilizing the time that you have. Yes. And I'm so glad you also have Spotify playlists with no words. This is why yeah. my husband and I like, we battle to work in the same office because he loves listening to music, but with lyrics. And I'm like, no, I've got words going in my head. I kind of words in my ears too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I tried to like, on some work days, I'm like, I, I try to like listen to my playlist with words and it just, I end up like, I end up singing along. Yes. I end up dancing, like, which is fine, but you know, not as a, yeah. not as conducive to work. It's probably a good a, thing for your breaks after your Pomodoro thirty minutes, like going to have a little yeah. dance party, sing along. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. I think that's a great productivity tip, and just one for me to remember myself. I remember having the Pomodoro, and it actually would tick. I think I I wouldn't do that, but just to have the alarm to go. Okay just a recheck because I think sometimes whole days can go by and you're like oh my goodness what did I do I kind of got lost down a rabbit trail or I was getting really stale in my thoughts but I thought oh I could just power through and then it's not good for your physical health your mental health and for your work output and productivity so I, I, yeah, I, I, I can get I like really that. trapped in that or I can get really trapped in the like one more thing like my time yes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to LinkedIn and like connect with someone. And then, you know, 15 more minutes have gone by and it's like, it would have been much better for me to get up and like eat lunch, you know, or or take a walk outside for five minutes Mm -hmm. and then come back refreshed. Yes. So cool. (laughs) Now, Jane, your business, you, you, you've mentioned your business journey. I think you've played with a few ideas. So as playful mompreneurs, I love encouraging and highlighting the places where mompreneurs have become more playful in their businesses. So are there some points in your business that you want to highlight for us where you've become more playful and where that's led to a really good outcome? It's like really worked well for you. Yeah. um, So this past, in the summer of 2020, I launched my first 
uh, digital product, which was something I thought about doing for a long time. And Shelly, you were very instrumental in that, helping me get everything set up on the on the web pages and, and doing all the stuff that I don't so have cool. a brain for ah. <laughs> so in a huge way. Um, it was fun. And I, I was like intimidated by it because I, in my, my, the story I tell myself is that, oh, tech things are too hard for me. You know, like I, I don't know how to do them. Um, but I don't have to know them because I know Shelly. <laughs> um, so that was part of it from the beginning, right? Mm. Calling in that support for something yep. role that was um, bigger than I knew how to do. And also I involved a lot of people in the launching of that product, which was a wonderful, fun, social way to um, share about something that I was really proud of and really excited about. So, you know, I assembled a launch team. I made it really easy for them to share about the product. It was very like social. I would like send out goofy emails ahead of time. And I felt a lot of playful energy around it. And I was just really excited and happy to have other people supporting me in it. And I felt I felt really good about asking them for that support because I made it so easy on them to, to share. Um, but then, yeah, throughout the launch of it, you know, when someone would buy, I would be so excited and I would like tag them on social media and I would do a dance and like give them their own special dance and like play music. And it was also fun. It was like much more social and playful than I had been in my business up until that point. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a great opportunity to just, I don't know, be myself with, with more people and um, have that kind of team spirit going on. Yeah. I love that team spirit because I think what we don't realize as mompreneurs and as solopreneurs is that people are rooting for us. They want us to succeed. Right. I think they just need the language and the uh, guidance of how to support us because, you know, we're mm-hmm. on our own mission and we're really like deep in our own businesses, but our family and friends really do want to support us and our biz buddies as well, like business besties and that kind of thing. People want to support you in your business but I think I love how you, yeah, I remember in the street team that you assembled and yeah, you gave us just the way to talk about the book. So we were totally clear about it. Um, and we were kind of also then, you know, helping you to attract the right customers to book in six Jen's product, which uh, we'll definitely put a link to the, the, in the show notes. It's such a great product. It's, and it's really got what got me into writing a book. So um, maybe we should warn people that maybe you're going to get hooked. Um, but Book in Six is a really great, easy way to get started with the book writing process. Jen has given you a calendar of tasks that you can do in six months. And if you just follow those step by step, you will have written a book of 50,000 words in six months. I think it's so cool. So yeah, it shows you yeah. the whole process. So if you've ever wondered, like, how do I do it? You can see it on a calendar, you know, and, and t- I'm all about like taking the mystery out of taking the mystery out of book writing, taking the mystery out of publishing. People think it's like in some ivory tower and so like out of reach for a lot of, you know, for like normal people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not, you know, it's just like, it's, it's work like everything else. It's a business like everything else. It's fun. You know, otherwise I wouldn't do it, but yeah. So anything that I can do to take the mystery out of it, I'm all about 
that and, and educating authors on, on the how and also the process of getting it published, how to get it out there. I yes. love, you know, I always say I'm all about helping authors be like savvy, smart, and feel confident that they can do this really huge, you know, this huge looming thing that's been in their mind as like Mount Everest. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's been so pivotal in my journey. And I know you you do also have some other digital products as well, which we can link to in the show notes. I think everyone should start with booking six if that's a dream of yours. But then if you also, Jen's taught me that the best books have the greatest stories in them. So she's got a lovely course also on how to tell your stories. And, and I, I also just publishing a book of my own self-publishing a book of my own and being in that process like your your mention of those ivory towers of the publishing houses and that's that's not the only way to publish a book now of course it still is an option but there's mm-hmm. so many different options and I think what that's what's been so exciting with working with you is that you've just put the power back in my hands and then given me the the skills and just like that little bit of insider knowledge that you need to move forward confidently. So that's that's really been so cool. And you know what? It also allows me to be playful in the way I write my book because I know you've got my back. And I know yeah. that like we're just trying this. Uh, I think a big thing for me has been this is not my first and last book. And so we're going to put it out in the world and then I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to write another book and another book and I'm going to have a whole series of books. So I think that's... I like it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've put it out there. I can't back down now. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like that playfulness and it, it counts for different products and different offers and anything put it out there, get feedback. And I think that is the important thing is put it out there and receive that feedback, you know, whether it's actual people telling you stuff or whether it's input that they're giving you, Um, but then be open to those metrics and that data that's coming back at you and make a decision then for the next book or the next course or the next offer, the coaching offer that you're going to do, the next service package you're going to do. Um, so talking of service packages as well, Jane, just tell us about your VIP days that you've got coming up as well. Cause I think that might be interesting for folks who want a little bit more support from you. Booking six is great as a DIY option, mm-hmm. um, but you also have been quite playful with your, um, your sort of more one-on-one offers. Tell us about those. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's so, uh, VIP intensive. It's called your big book plan intensive. And what it is essentially is where we get clear on all of the aspects of your book. So we talk about four P's. We talk about what is the purpose of the book? What's your big why? Um, How does this fit into your overall vision for what you're trying to accomplish in in your business and in your life? We talk about the plan for the book and that would be the content, the outline. So a lot of times people come to me and they've been thinking about their book for a while and they may even have a rough outline. Um, And that's that piece where we really dial it in and figure out what the book is about and also what it's not about Mm -hmm. and get clear as clear as can be on what are the big themes and how can we guide readers naturally from point A to point B so that we're offering a transformation for the reader in the book. Third P is the point of view. So this is your unique author voice. 
your branding, if you will, like how it is, how is it that people experience you as a person or how do people experience your business? I always want people to, I encourage them to really sound like themselves on the page because that is what, that's voice, that's your voice, that's what makes the book compelling to readers. So I figure out what's your unique point of view, how is this book going to stand out, what's like the unique um, selling point. And then we also talk about the pace and get a customized writing plan for when you're going to write the book. So say you say like, this is really ideal for, for people who want to write their book in their next six to 12 months. And we say, okay, like quarter one of 2022, or, you know, it is that they're looking at, how are we going to fit this into your life? How are we going to accommodate for it? How can you plan for it so that you feel confident about how that can actually happen and getting specific, like, you know, dates on the calendar of like January, 2022, I'm going to write this section or this section and getting that confidence piece so that you can really see how to proceed forward. So that's what um, your big book plan intensives are all about. I also give um, people who take advantage of those access to all of those courses that we mentioned. So they have those to support them whenever they need to. It's like lifetime unlimited access to those courses to support them at any part of the journey. Wonderful. And Yeah, it's just so cool crafting these different offers, using also your digital products, which really you've launched as like a minimum viable product. You've brought together the knowledge that you've already got and you've just packaged it together in a beautiful digital product that really helps people. And then that's like a bonus for the VIP intensives, which is like higher touch and more support from you directly. But then you've now also, again, got this asset, like you help people do with their books. Uh, Uh You've got this asset to be able to add to to the offer. Very, very cool. Okay, Jen. So business rules that you feel that you have broken along the mompreneur journey. So I think in being playful, I think you're going to break a few rules. But tell us about some of the business rules you feel you've broken. Yeah, I, I feel like that's hard for me because I'm a rule follower <laughs> very much. I wish I weren't such a rule follower, but like, that's just, that's how I am. It's it's the truth. Um, I think the, the thing that I'm, the rule that I'm continually learning to break, and I'm using quotation marks, which people on the podcast can't see, but, um, you know, we can, it's very easy to adopt the same mindset of wherever we came from to online business. So whether that was education, whether that was the corporate world or some other place where we we felt we had to be very like professional and very expert and, you know, suddenly have an online business and you don't have like a corporation to hide behind. So there can be a very big block, or at least it was in my mind of like, I need to know absolutely everything about publishing. I need to know steps a through Z all the way. I need to give people the whole picture and, you know, just, I can't make any mistakes or, or whatever before I ask people to hire me and continually just breaking out of that and realizing that like people buy from people who they know, like, and trust. They want to know that you are a real human. They want to make a connection. Everybody's out there looking for it, you know, whether they're a solopreneur or they have a team, like that's what we all want. 
And so learning to bring more of yourself and show up as yourself in whatever ways you're showing up and to make those connections and to make those offers. I got a pretty big client one time because they had mentioned something that was relevant in the news and that news item came back up again. And I was like, Hey, I thought of you because of this, you know, like just making a personal connection. Um, And is that the reason why that person hired me for a a pretty big job? I don't know. I questioned like, Oh, I don't know if this is professional. I don't know if I should do this. But then I'm like, no, I did think of her. Like I want to share this moment with her. I want to build a connection, even though it's not like official, nobody signed a contract yet. Um, that's a small example, but just like more ways that you can show up as yourself and build connection and realize that you are like so much more qualified than you give yourself credit for. And and you can show up as you are fully in yourself, mm-hmm. um, whatever that looks like, breaking the rules that we maybe make for ourselves or that we we think exist and that don't really <laughs> So for those new mompreneurs out there, Jean, um, who maybe are not expecting baby number three, but expecting baby number one, or those mums who are, who do have, you know, the twins and are thinking about starting their own business, what advice would you give to them now that you are like five years into this journey? Yeah. The first thing I would say is like, it's okay to make some get some quick wins under your belt and to like make some quick and dirty money and to, you know, like if you have an idea just to follow through with it and kind of see what happens, even if that's not the way you're going to quote unquote run your business in the, in the long call, but whatever you can do to get those quick wins under your belt and to feel confident in what you're offering and in, in the way that you're serving people, get that out of the way is you know, as fast as you can and don't overthink it, you know, just Mm. go for kind of, it's okay to go for the low hanging fruit. I'll say that of of what's right in front of you in the beginning. Um, You know, and then as you build your confidence and you start to think more about like, okay, what do I actually want? What business would support me? There's this, this quote I love and it. uh, I think women need to hear this a lot of the time as we are more prone to undercharge and value our services less, but we do a lot of thinking about like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if this person can afford me or I don't know if like, if I ask for this, it might be a strain. Like we're thinking about everybody else in our, you know, whether it's in our home or whether it's potential clients, instead of thinking about, ourselves, you know, what's going to support, like, why are you so worried about somebody else's pocketbook when, you know, why don't you be, you can worry about your, your pocketbook too. You can worry about your account and your kids' college funds and whatnot. Um, But, you know, what are your priorities? How would you like your business to look? How would you like your life to look? And working backwards from there. Okay. What pricing structure is going to support that? How many hours do you have? What should be your relative like per hour rate? Um, Yeah, just thinking it's okay to get the quick wins in the beginning, but don't stay Mm -hmm. there too long. Be sure that you're um, valuing yourself and continuing to up level and acknowledging all of the valuable genius that you do bring to your space. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And just as you get that experience, you get the experience in the entrepreneurial world 
but know that you've also brought with you whatever experience that you've had from your previous career mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But yes, as, as you say, get the quick wins under your belt, get that confidence to know that you are offering value, those testimonials, those happy clients. I think that's that's really awesome advice for, for new mompreneurs, Jen. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast. It's so nice to have a, have a good old chat with you and just talk about <laughs> your business journey and how it's happened for you. I think I've been so amazed by just the diversity in different mompreneurs business journeys but yet there's this commonality that they are doing something that suits them and that like you've just said now like what's in it for me like what what do I want out of this equation and and like there's fulfillment there's monetary reward there's making an impact in the world and I think a lot of like I'm finding the common thread is that of like what can I bring to the table? But the journeys have been also different and diverse and, and it's really exciting. So wherever you're sitting, know that this mompreneur business of your design is within your grasp and go and design it in exactly the way you want it to happen. It's just the, the world is your oyster at the moment, which is so exciting. So yeah, Jane, we all have so much to learn from each other. So thank you for creating this venue for, for moms to share all their diverse stories and to, you know, encourage listeners and also for, you know, for us to learn from each other and from each other's experiences. So thank you for that, Jane. And can you tell us where, I'm going to put it all in the show notes as well, but where can people connect with you online and where can they buy your products and that kind of thing, Jane? Yeah. So um, Jennifer Lock Writes, at Jennifer Lock Writes is Instagram. Um, JenniferLockWrites.com is also a, a great place to land. And if you're interested in Book in Six, which is the DIY digital product that we mentioned to give you a pretty uh, thorough glance of the book writing process, um, 183 days, six months worth of prompts meant to get you all the way from idea to book. And there's lots of bonuses in there as well, which you can check out. But the website for that is bookin6.com. Wonderful. That is so cool. Thank you so much, Jen. And thank you for your wonderful insights. And I will be in touch with you soon on my book. (laughs) Yay, I can't wait to read more. Yay. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Bye. That's the end of our Mompreneur Playdate today, but come again soon. Subscribe and tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. But the best way to make sure that you don't miss an episode and to get free bonus content is to get onto the Playful Mompreneur email list at playfulmompreneur.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. So head to playfulmompreneur.com and sign up there. And then playing is even more fun with friends, right? So please share the Playful Mompreneur podcast with all your mompreneur friends by sending them over to playfulmompreneur.com or tell them to search the Playful Mompreneur on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts. You can also help me to spread the word by leaving a favorable review on Apple Podcasts. I'd absolutely love that. Thanks so much for tuning in, spreading the word, and most of all, being playfully and wonderfully you. Now it's time to go off and be a playful mompreneur.